Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Bless you, mate. There we go. Helps if you turn it on. How are we doing? We okay? Good. For those of you who do know me, great to see you. For those of you who don't, I'm Josh. And this is my wife, Helen, and we've got two little kids here today as well. And we're predominantly based over our Ilkeston campus, but um, probably once a month on average, we'll come over here to Mansfield, and it's good to be with you. The most exciting thing is every single time I come, there's new faces and new people to see, and we're growing here. And uh, you are so welcome here if it's your first time today, or as Paul said, your hundredth time, it is brilliant to have you with us. Now just turn to your neighbour and say, are you ready? And then turn to your other neighbour and say, I came to get something today. See, I, I, I think the best way we can come to church is not to just come out of obligation, out of duty, but is actually come in to expect to get something. Not to expect to get something from a preacher or from a worship team or from someone leading the service, but to get something from God. And I I hope today that just for a few minutes, I can share something from God's word and that he would speak to your heart. So we open this morning to hear from God. Yeah, great. So we're doing this new series. I think Paul just mentioned it briefly then called Fearless. Who's fearless here? Anybody fearless? Yeah, there's, there's one hand in the back there. I like that. Yes, there we go. There's a few people who feel as I think probably the majority of us would range somewhere between like one time being really fearless and one time being a bit fearful. Am I right, anybody? Yeah. Now, the key verse for this series is found in 1 Corinthians 16. And it says this, be on God, stand firm in the faith, be courageous. Be strong and do everything with love. See, this is a series on how to cultivate and develop a fearless spirit. See, this is the way we will change our world, through this fearless spirit. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at facing your fears, and that's what I'm going to speak about today. We're going to look at not being afraid to fail. We're going to look at living with courage and conviction i.e. standing up in our world today. Who knows that's a big thing and we need that. You know, it seems to me today that probably more than ever before that this is a time when people need to stand up who have got courage and conviction. Anybody else? But yeah, like I said, I'm going to speak about facing your fears today. You see, fear isn't always a negative emotion. At its best, fear can protect us from harm. It can stop us doing silly things. But at its worst, fear disables us from stepping into our destiny and makes us settle for a life less than we were called to. Now, people say kids are fearless, don't they? My little boy, Judah, is definitely fearless. Like, you'll see him jumping off of the stage. You'll see him jumping off of chairs. He'll try and jump off of anything. He's on my skateboard. All the lot. He's just fearless. And when I was a kid, I definitely fell into this category. When, um, when I was about nine or ten, we were snowboarding with my parents. And we stayed, I can remember, it was like the second or third year we went snowboarding. 
And we stayed in this little apartment just off the slope. There was like a, a kitchen and dining room. There was a little toilet. And the four of us, my sister, myself, my mum and dad, all shared this little room. My mum and dad were on the floor on a mattress and I was on a bunk bed with my sister. And in the middle of the night, and now I can't remember this because I was asleep, but this is what happened. In the middle of the night, I did no more than swing my legs over the side of the bed. I think it was about this high. Swung my, my legs over the side of the bed and said, Dad, can I jump yet? <laughs> like my mum and dad are below me on the floor like, no, <laughs> don't jump. That same holiday, this is just to show you where I kind of was. That same holiday, there was like a six foot ledge. And if you've ever been skiing or snowboarding, you'll know that like snow on piste is like where you ski and where you snowboard. It's not like really fluffy and soft. It's actually quite hard. It's probably more like this carpet than it is, uh, you know, nice and soft. And being nine or ten, I I thought, you know what I'm going to try? I'm going to try and do a front flip. So I went up this six-foot ledge. I'm in the air. I've jumped. I've started to do this front flip. I'm like, this is awesome, until bang, I land straight on my head on this floor. Right, let me tell you, that hurt. Now, I was fearless, but actually more than fearless, I was reckless. See, what we're not talking about in this series is being reckless. Now, if you say, Josh, I'm scared of a tiger, um, I'm not going to say to you, go and fight a tiger and face your fear. That would be stupid. You will probably die. Please do not come to me and say, I faced my fear and I ended up in hospital. Uh, That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is being courageous. See, that natural emotion of caution can help us. But we don't want fear to stop us from being the people we are called to be. See, while we don't want to be reckless, I would say that 95% of society, and probably more, don't struggle with being reckless, but struggle with being overcautious or fearful. See, I'd hate to know how many people haven't walked into the destiny, haven't stepped into the greatness they were called to because they were scared. Because of fear, they've not lived up to the potential over the life because they were too scared to step in to what God was leading them into. See, I see fear like the weeds that choke the beautiful flowers in the garden. The more you let the weeds grow, the quicker the flowers die until the garden is dominated by weeds. And I think today that our world is a little bit like this with fear that we've let, the, garden, we've let the, the weeds dominate the garden and it's choked people's potential. It's choked people's destiny. It's stopped people from stepping in to all they were called to be. It's no secret that our world is overrun by fear. In a statistic show that 40% of all disability worldwide is caused by depression and anxiety. A large proportion of the roots of depression and anxiety come from fear. Fear. The funny thing is this. We've never been safer. We've never had a longer life expectancy. We've never been more comfortable. But we're more scared than ever before. Fear is at epidemic levels in our world. People are scared to go out, to speak in public, to be honest, to take a risk. People are scared to even speak to people. 
See, I believe that this is one of the ways that the devil stops us from stepping into who we are called to be. Through using this good human emotion, because fear is a good emotion at his core, and exaggerating it to this thing that stops us and by disabling us through fear. If you're breathing, if you're listening to this today, you've experienced fear. The fear of failure, the fear of hurt, the fear of rejection, of pain, of what may happen, the fear of what might not happen, the fear in your finances, fear of death, fear of speaking in public, fear of being exposed. We've all experienced fear. See, being courageous, it's not just for the extroverts of this world. Some of the the outwardly most confident people I know are actually some of the people who are scared inside. Courage isn't an outward thing, it's actually an inward thing. It's based upon substance inside of you. Now, if you're fearful, I've got good news for you today. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. See, the best lies are those lies that are based upon a foundation of truth, yeah? Do we get that, aren't they? Because if I said to you, I've driven here in my Ferrari today and I've got a hundred million pound in my bank, you'd be like, I've just seen your Citroen outside. But if I said to you, look, I drive a Citroen because I like to play it cool, but I've got 10 million pound in my bank, you might be like, maybe he has. Now, I've not got 10 million pound in my bank account, but that's kind of believable. And I believe that this is what the devil does with fear. He takes, you know, because any risk, any time we step out, any time we do something new, there's risk, isn't there? Let's be honest, yeah? There was risk when you came to church this morning. There was risk when you stepped out of bed. There was risk when you went down the stairs, when you got in the car. There is risk in our everyday lives. But what the devil does with fear is this. He takes that small amount of risk and he amplifies amplifies it disproportionately to actually the way the fear is. He exaggerates it. It's a liar. See, it exaggerates why that business won't work. It exaggerates why you can't go for that promotion. It exaggerates why you'll never, you know, break through in your finances. Fear exaggerates why you can't do what you want to do, why you can't step into that ministry, why you can't join that serving team at church, why you can't go and speak to that person for the first time. See, let me tell you today, you can triumph over fear. You can face fear in the face and win. And I believe in Mark 4, we see how to do this. In Mark 4, verse 35, we see that the disciples are in a position where they are scared to death. They're fearful. Let me read it for you from 35. It says this, that day, When evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. That's Jesus is talking about. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. 
We see in this account in Matthew, we see this account in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So I think that God is trying to show us something through this story. It's repeated three times. We see the importance of it because of the amount of times that it's repeated in the Word of God. And the first thing I see from this account on how we can face fear and how we can overcome fear is this, is that we should go to Jesus. We should go to Jesus. See, let's just put ourselves in the context of the disciples for a second. We see that they've had a long day. Jesus has been teaching all day. Big crowds, huge crowds, similar. You know, if you serve at church, they'd been welcoming. They'd, they'd passed the offering buckets round. They counted it. They'd been shaking people's hands on the door. They'd been smiling all day, acting perfect, because that's what you have to do, isn't it, Paul? <laughs> Paul's perfect anyway. He doesn't have to act perfect. They were doing that. They'd had a busy day. And I think that they were just ready to kick back and relax at the end of this day. They were ready to just chill out on the boat as they cross to their next destination. I imagine them saying to Jesus, look, Jesus, look, you've been teaching all day. Just you go downstairs. You have a sleep. We've got this. We're experienced fishermen. Some of us, you know, we've been around this, we've been around this, uh, this lake plenty of times. You just go and chill. We'll be fine up here. See, as they they get further out to sea, as they go, uh, I say sea, it was just a massive, massive lake, but it's called the Sea of Galilee. As they were on this massive lake, this sea, it was quite apparent that this journey was going to be different to other journeys. The wind began to howl, the waves got up, but You've got to remember, these are experienced fishermen. They're not like you and me. Like, I go on like a ferry and it's a bit choppy on the sea. And I'm like, we're going down. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, it's scary. I don't like that. These guys are experienced fishermen. So I imagine the waves got up and the wind began to howl, but it just gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. And they get to a point where they're losing it. They're just freaking out. They don't know what to do. It says the waves were, were crashing over the boat. They are big waves. These guys are like, look, we're going down. They're losing the plot. They're running around like headless chickens until someone says, where's Jesus? Like, where is he? Has he fallen over the back of the boat? Where is he? And someone else comes up and says, you're not going to believe this. He's downstairs having a sleep. He's downstairs having a sleep. Now, just to stop there on the story for a second, but I don't know if you've ever been like a bit under pressure or in a bit of a spot of trouble and instead of like telling someone, instead of asking someone to help, you're like, I can deal with this. But actually inside you're getting more and more frustrated and more and more mad. I'm so glad my wife just left at the perfect time. For example... For example, the other week we were, in, we were in Meadow Hall, okay, Meadow Hall. I have heard it called Meadow Hell before. And my wife needed to get her phone fixed. Helen needed to get her phone fixed. So I was, we were having a coffee and she needed to go and sort out. I said, being the amazing husband and man of God I am, I said, babe, leave the kids with me. And um, you've got to know, for like 10 minutes, I was dad of the year. Like, honestly, like... Willow was smiling, like people were high-fiving me. Judah was just like an angel. They were like, look at this man. He is the perfect man. Until Willow was sick, 
right? Willow was sick everywhere. So I'm like, I, I've got this. I can deal with this. I went to find Willow's muslin. To my horror, I saw that Helen had taken her bag with the wipes and the muslin in. But I'm like, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. So let me tell you, it just went out of hand from there. It began to spiral out of control. Judah, a second ago, was the perfect child. He's now like trying to jump off the table. He's trying to run around. I've got Willow crying her head off on my knee. I've got sick everywhere. And guys, you know that we don't like sick. I'm like, oh, trying not to be sick myself. Let me tell you, it looked like I've been hit by a hurricane. And I'm getting more and more frustrated inside. But I'm thinking, Helen's fixing the phone. That's fine. I can deal with this. Until 15 minutes later, when Helen walks back, and what's she carrying in her hand? She's like skipping through Meadowhall. I'm like, this is great. Oh, great. Skipping through Meadowhall. I look like I've been hit by a hurricane. She's skipping through Meadowhall with a Zora bag in her hand. <laughs> like, babes, like, I, 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 look at me here. I've just been like losing the plot. Things are falling to pieces. I'm not even sure if I can be a dad anymore. <laughs> I've lost it in Meadowhall, out of control. Now, what I could have done is I could have just taken the kids and gone to find Helen. I could have given them a call and said, babe, I need a hand. But no, I just let it build up more and more inside me. And I think that that's where the disciples are at this point. I think they've just been getting to a point like, we can deal with this, we can do this. And they're getting more and more frustrated. They're getting more and more mad. On the inside, it's just building up inside of them until the point someone explodes and say, I'm going to get Jesus. And they march downstairs and they say, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. They lose it. Jesus like, just chill out. Walks upstairs, says, be quiet, wind and waves. Stops, calm. He says, guys, guys, where's your faith? Now, I think that this sounds like a bit of a crazy reaction because this ship was going down. Like These were experienced fishermen. They knew when they were in a bad situation. They were in a bad situation. See, us as like the great Christians we are here on a Sunday morning in a really safe context would look at that and we'd say, yeah, where is the faith? But the reality is if we were in the same spot, I think we'd be like the disciples were. And Jesus says, guys, where's your faith? And to me, that seems... It seems almost unfair. Because I think we read this at times and we interpret this like Jesus is trying to say to them, guys, why don't you calm the wind and the waves? I don't believe that Jesus is saying that. I think we look at it and we think, yeah, guys, you should have just sat there and let the, the wind and waves overtake you and let the ship go down. I don't think Jesus is saying that. I don't think Jesus is questioning them going to him I think he's questioning the way they went. Listen to what they said. Their exact language is this. Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care? See, this is the language that I believe that Jesus is questioning. See, in my mind, he's saying, guys, look, you know I care. You know I'm here for you. You know that I've worked these amazing miracles. I have demonstrated this. Like, guys, why did you get so worked up? You've seen the miracles I've worked. You've seen the amazing things I've done. You know who I am. He isn't telling them to calm the wind and the waves. He's saying, guys, just come to me and know that I can deal, deal with it. 
See, I believe that Jesus wanted them to know that he cares and that he can come through. I want you to know this morning, if you're going through a situation that Jesus cares and that he's powerful enough to come through, he can break through in your situation. In that illness, he cares and he can come through. In that financial situation, he cares and he can come through. In that business, he cares and he can come through. That's what he wants us to know. See, I wonder also if Jesus is questioning when they went, the timing of when they went. Because when they went to Jesus, disaster was about to strike. It's quite clear to see. I think Jesus is saying, guys, don't wait till disaster is about to strike. Come to me when it starts to get hard. Come to me earlier. Instead, guys, you try to do it in your own strength. You know by now that you can't do that. The problem is this, that these guys were experts in the field. The reality is Jesus wasn't qualified as a fisherman. He was, he was a carpenter. So his skills weren't in, in this area of expertise. And I just wonder if the reason that these guys waited so long was because this is where we're experts. Have you ever heard it said that your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness? I find that sometimes our expertise or our perfection in a certain area stops us from leaning on God and actually creates a barrier for us to break through and step into all God's called us to be. I think because these guys were experts in this field, they thought we can do this on our own. We don't need Jesus. We've got this. We can handle it until they realized that they could not do it on their own, that they realized that their expertise was not enough. You might be so clever, you might be phenomenal in a certain area, but I'll tell you this, that your expertise is finite. It is not complete. It is not perfect. There's someone cleverer than you. There's someone who knows more than you, and you do not know everything about anything. But I'll tell you who does. God. God does. So you don't defeat fear through confidence in yourself. You defeat fear with faith in God. See, if you want to overcome your fear, the first thing you need to stop doing is to try and do it in your own strength. Stop trying to do it in your own, own strength. Stop facing it on your own and give it to God. Constantly, daily, give it to God. As you go to Him, as you spend time with Him, you will experience the peace that He has, not the craziness of the world. See, they ultimately did the right thing by going to Jesus. And that's not a question for me. That is the right thing to do, to go to Jesus. They went to him in desperation, didn't they? And going to God in desperation, it works. But you know what's even better than going to God in desperation? Going to God in faith. Going to God when it started to get a bit, bit messy, started to, to go a little bit wrong and say, hey God, I just need you to come through. God, I believe you can come through and I believe you will come through. God would prefer us to go to him in faith. When you're going through a storm, when you're hurting, when you're scared, when the world is falling around you, can you have a faith in God that he will come through and that he can deliver you? See, faith in God is the starting point to facing our fears. See, the next thing I see is this, that we should trust what he says. Right at the start of this account, we have this verse, like this little, 
little piece, this little line that just seems like filler. It just seems like it's padding things out a bit where Jesus says this. He says, let us go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. See, key to facing our fears and overcoming our fears is trusting what he says. If, if Jesus would have said, guys, listen, if we step on that boat, we're going down, they were in big trouble. But what had Jesus said? Let us go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. Jesus had said they were going to get there to the other side. You see, we get paralyzed by fear when we listen to the voice of the world over the voice of God. The prophetic word to us as a people in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 is this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. See, we so quickly listen to the voice of fear. We so quickly listen to the voice of the world over the voice of God. You know, if you were here in our frequency series, we spoke about this, tuning out from the voice of the world and tuning into the voice of God. And if you missed that, I'd encourage you to go back and take a listen. But listen to me, we need to tune out from the negativity and the mess and the craziness of the world and we need to tune in to God's voice instead. See, God has a plan for your life. It's a plan to prosper you. It's not a plan to harm you. It's a plan to give you a hope and give you a future. God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He hasn't let anybody down and he isn't about to start with you. See, when you're faced with fear, the way we overcome it is by listening to what God says and by trusting it. Trusting it. I think so often we handicap our faith by not being in, our, in the word of God. He says so much about you. He says so much about your life. There is prophetic, uh, prophetic vision, prophetic words in our Bibles that are delivered straight to your heart. Promises for you that you can go to the bank with. See, God's not like us. He's not a man that he should lie. His word is perfect. His word is final. What he says goes. See, when he says that you are more than a conqueror in Christ, that is the case. When he says that you are called to more than you can ask or think or imagine, he means it. See, we conquer our fears by trusting what he says. We silence the fear by filling our mind with the word of God. When I set up my business, lots of people were like, are you scared? And You know, that's crazy. You've got a baby on the way. You've got a young family. How are you going to pay your mortgage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All that stuff. And there was a fear factor. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a fear factor. But because we felt God was calling calling us to this, because we felt an open door, and because I was confident that God would, would be with us, that God would go before us, and God would provide for us, I could step out and know that he was going to provide, that he was going to be with us, that he was going to be there for us. Because I know he's with me, I can step out in confidence knowing they'll come through. We should listen and trust what God says. The last thing is this, the bank can come up if they want. Don't let past failures dictate your future. Don't let past failures dictate your future. Now, if you want to disagree with me on this one, that's fine, because we don't know this for sure. But I just wonder if the guys in this boat, the disciples had seen boats go down in these circumstances. 
Remember, they lived around this water. These weren't big Pinot cruise boats. These weren't like Disney Imagine Liners or whatever they're called. They weren't like that. These were wooden boats, not guided by engines. They were wooden boats that, to be honest, weren't probably all built perfectly either. I think that these would have had friends. These would have had family members who died in this body of water. See, when we let our past failures dictate our future, we stop ourselves stepping in to all we're called to be. These guys were certain they were going down. Why was that? I think it was because they'd they'd seen, they'd heard of, they'd experienced, they'd been around boats like this who had gone down, i.e. past circumstance dictating what they thought in this moment. The funny thing about my snowboarding story is this, the one where I tried the front, front flip and landed on my head. I've been snowboarding for 20 years now. Um, I'm 28. I was probably eight or nine when I did that. Not once since have I tried a front flip again. That might be down to a few reasons, but maybe one of the reasons is this, is because I failed in the past. I remember the pain of it. I remember how it hurt me. I remember how I had to go in for the day and couldn't enjoy the rest of the day. Maybe the fear of failure is the reason I didn't step up and I've not tried to do the front flip again. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm more skilled now, I'm better now, and I probably have the capacity to do it. Because, but maybe because of the past, because of the fear of failing again, because of what happened before, maybe I'm scared to step in to what God wants me to do in my future. Now this is, of course, a small story compared to what we do in our lives. I wonder how many people have not tried to launch that business because a business has failed in the past. I wonder how many people have stopped telling people about their faith because one person didn't listen. I wonder how many people have stopped taking risks because of their previous circumstance. See, if you want to overcome fear, you have to stare down the disappointment and the pain of the previous failure. You have to face it head on and not let it stop you stepping in to who you were called to be. Don't let your previous experience or someone else's, because we do that as well, stop you from stepping in to who you're called to be. Life's gold, I've found in my life, my short life, life's gold is found in the moments where we step out in faith and expectation that God will come through. If you stop facing your fears and taking risks, let me tell you, you are handicapping your own potential. You're handicapping it. You, you, you're basically cutting yourselves off at the knees because you're not going to step in to who you're called to be. See, we look at successful people. We look at people who've done well, successful footballers, golfers, whatever, business people, successful people in whatever area of life, and we think, they've got it so easy. But what you don't see is the struggle. What you don't see is the failure. What you don't see is the disappointment that they have overcome to step into who they are today. Who's heard of Winston Churchill? Winston Churchill struggled in school. He he wasn't seen as as a clever guy. One of the greatest orators we've probably seen in this country. He failed key exams and lost many election campaigns until at the right time, he stepped up to lead our country to win World War II. What What would have happened if he would have said no? I don't want to do that again. I don't want to put myself out there again. Thomas Edison, 
the guy who invented the light bulb. Listen to this. He was told he was too stupid to learn anything by a teacher. And he failed notoriously in inventing the light bulb a thousand times. It's kind of a fable, but I think it's based on facts that someone said to him, "Um, look, you failed a thousand times. Why did you carry on? He said, look, I didn't fail a thousand times. He says, I just found a thousand ways not to do it. Overcoming. What happened? What would have happened if you would have stopped on the 50th or the 100th or the 200th or the 500th attempt? Maybe we wouldn't have these lights around our stage as we do today. Who knows? Walt Disney. I love Disney World. He was fired from a job because he had no imagination and lacked good ideas. Wow. Wow. His ideas and imagination have impacted hundreds of millions of people today. What happens if he gets that feedback and thinks, no, I can't do this. I'm just going to settle for an ordinary life. I'm not going to step into the dream. But he didn't. He overcame his failure. He overcame the fear of failure and stepped in to the man he was called to be. What failure is holding you back? What has happened in your life that is stopping you from stepping in to who you're called to be? Because God would say today that that failure is not an opportunity to sit back and relax. That failure was an opportunity to learn. And what he's calling you to today is this, not to stop, not to say, no, I'm not doing it anymore. But he's saying this, go again. It's time to push on. It's time to believe for more. It's time to believe for bigger. That flame in your heart, he wants to make it burn again. It might just be a little flicker. It might just be, just be barely, barely um, alive at the moment. But he wants to make it blaze again like a bonfire. And he says, stand up and be the people and the person I have called you to be. Listen, you can face fear. You can stare fear in the face and you can overcome it. Not in your strength, but with the power and the strength of God alive in you. Let me ask you today just to bow your head and close your eyes. How do we face our fears? How do we overcome our fears? Well, we do it by going to God. We do it by going to Jesus. We do it by trusting what he says and we do it by not letting the past dictate what happens in the future. I know that there's people anxious in here today. I know there's people fearful in here today. I know there's people who are hurt by the failures of the past. But we're going to leave that behind today. We're going to leave that in this room and we're going to push forward. And if you say to me, Josh, fear is stopping me. Fear is crippling me. Fear is stopping me being the person I'm called to be. I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand to heaven. Lift your hand as a sign to God that says, hey God, I'm not going to let this fear stop me anymore. Come on, if that's you, just put your hand up. Don't be scared of putting your hand up. Come on, let's break through the fear. Yeah, there's people's hands going up all around this place. I want to break through the fear. I want to break through the fear. I want to step into my destiny. I want to step into all God's called me to be. There's hands all around this place. Is there someone else who's been too scared to lift your hand? Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, for every hand that's lifted, for every heart that's open, for every person that says they're going to overcome fear, they're going to stare fear in the face and overcome it, God, I pray today that you would break through. 
God, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but you gave us a sound mind. Lord, you gave us a spirit of courage. And I pray today that you would make a divine exchange, Father, and you would take our fear and you would replace it with courage, God. These people who've raised their hands, Father, I pray that they would leave fear behind. They'd leave failure behind, God, and they'd step in to who you're calling them to be. Father, thank you that you are God who, who lets us be free, who lets us live a big life, who wants us to live an open life, God, and with you, as we go to you, as we listen to you, and as we don't let the past affect us anymore, God, we can step in to all you've called us to be in your mighty name. Now just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. And I just want to ask this morning, if you don't know Jesus, I don't